There you go. I got I got a nice uh, compliment from Kevin who was editing when he was like, uh, yeah, the last episode he's editing, he's like, yeah, uh, I lost stink at some point, but your laugh was so loud at one point that I was able to hear it on all the tracks, so I was able to save it. <laughs> and I was like, cool, I'm glad that my overbearing laugh has saved the episode. Dude. Very nice. Came in, it, it comes in handy, Chad. It comes in handy, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, let's just, let's just start talking. What, uh, Paul, oh. you said you got a story. You had a movie that I said I, that you said I need to watch that I was talking about in a I think a recent continue episode. Oh yeah, no, uh, I believe it was on continue on episode continue. Uh, go to youtube.com slash continue. Uh, that someone continue show continue show. Oh, I'm so sorry. Continue show. Mm-hmm. Man, you guys really should have gotten that continue URL locked down though. I know, um, I know. Shit. But uh, you, someone had told you that Tom Hanks's The Burbs is a bad movie. So yeah, someone told... I don't know who it was. I, I feel like it was my buddy Joe Williams. I feel like he... You know Joe. You went to his house in Boston, Chad. Oh, uh, I think so. Yeah, but put him on yeah. blast. But Joe Williams told me that it was a bad movie. I, I'm pretty sure it was that. Or was Tom Hanks and Joe in the volcano as well? Or is that... Joe, versus, Joe, uh, Joe, Joe versus Volcano is good. Joe in the volcano is just like a torture porn. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, the, it's very sad. Yeah. Uh, I, I gotta say, I'm gonna put my flag down... On this, that's a phrase, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. The Burbs is one of the best '80s movies ever. It's like it's ever. It, yeah, I, I, it's weird to say ever in a decade category. Like it's uh-huh. the best '80s in any of the '80s decades. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love it. It's it's great. It's like kind of Goonies, and it's got some like weird comedy horror to it. Uh, yeah. Uh, what else do you need to see? Neighbors move in, and they probably murdered someone. And Tom Hanks and the rest of the neighborhood goes para paranoid. Oh, is it like a rear window thing? It's like a funny rear window. Okay. Carrie right. Fisher's the wife. Like, I, it's great. I, I saw pictures I was looking up because I, I, the thing, the only thing that sticks out in my mind besides hearing that it was bad was that, uh, the lightning. For some reason on the cover, the lightning <laughs> stood out to me. I don't know why. I don't know why. I just, it seemed very prominent and it seemed like it was an important story piece was this lightning. Uh, other than, I think the, the prominent story piece is just that it's the suburbs, but they're treating it like it's a, uh, Freddy Krueger horror thing of like right. I don't know what's going on, but also you're just in a cul-de-sac. I I, I right. think it's great. It's just a really good solid like condensed comedy. Yeah, uh, it's like they move in next door to like an Adams esque family. Okay, you know? yeah, yeah, and they're like so, pretty like, sure the Adams family characters like murdered the other people, and they're trying to like sneak in and figure out what happened. That's pretty much the whole movie, but it's so entertaining. I really I really like it. Okay, cool. I, I haven't seen it as an adult, so I can't speak on it, but um, I know it is beloved. Everyone really enjoys the burbs. Well, Corey Feldman's in it, and first off, I am still astounded to this day about how many 80s movies I see, and I'm like, wow, he's fucking in this one, too. The Corys were really prevalent. I, I, I've been trying to think if there's other movies where, like, that people were just in every movie. You know what I mean? It, like Every... Every 80s comedy Corey Feldman is in. Which is also strange because, like, other was he just the type? Was that just, like, he created this character that had been, like, well, yeah, he's kind of, like, snarky and he's got a big mouth. So anytime we need that character, he's in it. He's also very charismatic. That, I mean, there's no doubt he's about a great, that. He was a great kid actor. He, right. I mean, he's, uh, he's, he, can do, he can do horror comedy and other comedies. Uh-huh. <laughs> he's in uh, Friday the 13th <laughs> Part 3. Um, to pivot though a little bit, yes. can I tell you guys about a crazy movie I watched? Please, yeah, please. Uh, this is a Halloween episode, right? This oh yeah, yeah. Happy Halloween, bonus. by the way. Yeah, happy ha- Halloween. This is a where we decided to do an extra episode this month because it's the spookiest month, and we needed 
a extra spooky episode. Happy Halloween. <laughs> I'm wearing a spider ring that has like a, a a jewel on the back. It's like one of those plastic spider rings. Ooh, it's, ooh. it's jeweled. Yeah, I'm, wear- I'm wearing it. Yeah, it's bejeweled. Yeah, it's got a purple jewel on it. There's and, uh, someone's spirit is inside of that. That's terrifying. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm feeling a little like I'm feeling like a little bit better at podcasting all of a sudden. So I don't know what it is, but uh, uh, yeah, I watched this uh, this movie from uh, China, Shaw Brothers film uh-huh. called. Uh, boxer's omen have you guys heard of it no it's like a kung fu movie kind of but it's also like this horror movie okay uh it's so crazy i really recommend uh buying it on amazon and watching it it's um it's amazing it's super funny dom i'm looking at pictures of this and it looks like uh so have you ever seen that very famous japanese restaurant with the giant robot tanks that come out and I'm sorry like, what yes have you, you don't know about that Chad? no but i want to go to there it uh, was on Parts Unknown, right? Yeah, it's on Parts Unknown. It's, mm. it's like, anytime anyone goes there, I feel like they take they take pictures there. Sure. There's a scene in this movie that Dom's talking about that looks like it could be part of that like entertainment spectacle that is that restaurant. Uh, it's a uh, let me let me see if I can sum it up for you. Yeah, please okay. describe. I'm trying to I'm trying to picture this film. Um, the bad guy from Bloodsport um, injures uh, this guy's brother, so he swears revenge on him uh he's gonna fight him in a kickboxing match okay um but before he gets to that match he's summoned to this uh monastery this monk monastery and this monk who's dying um tells him uh we were twins in a past life and i've been inflicted um by the wounds of a dark wizard what and uh if i die you will die too wow he's like you need to become a monk you need to train and you need to f- defeat this black wizard so that um, we can both be free of uh, this uh, this curse th- so oh, that we sweet. don't die. But like it's super surreal and weird. Uh, it's There's a lot of magic. It's a really great film if you uh, appreciate like um, just like magic ritual and such. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a really awesome movie. I really recommend it. There's some crazy looking effects in this dom, dom is this like a, a iguana looking alien man <laughs> is that is that a part of the film uh send me a link here i'm gonna get you a picture here yeah confirm Let's this see, picture so can... in this chat here yeah here's that? here here it comes do you see oh that? my god oh yeah dude uh yeah dude <laughs> that like so many times you're watching the movie and you're like what the fuck is <laughs> happening like that that's that's one part of like a ritual to do like a move that uh-huh. like, is happening in this movie. Like, th- like a fighter will do something, but before he does it, he has to do like this little part, and then this little part, and then this little part, and that happens, and you're like, "What the fuck am I even watching?" <laughs> I anymore? gotta see this. But why is it called it. the it's Boxer's incredible. Omen? I don't get it. Like, yeah, right. Because he's he's the omen is uh, is the he's like, curse. I'm going to die, and if I die, then you die as well. So you have to. Then you, the boxer who was going to go kickbox this guy, he says, you know, he's he's got to go do this thing because he's given this omen that he may die, right? Okay. I mean, every image I'm seeing on Google is, like, pretty spooky. There's, like, some body horror stuff and, like... Yeah, like, this guy's, like, meditating and his head is removed. I guess it pulls off of him, it looks like. Oh, dude. Dude, you got to see it. Stop looking at pictures. Order it on Amazon. <laughs> Get it. I'm telling you, if you're intrigued by those images, you have to see them play out because your mind will melt. It's crazy. 
Oh okay. It's also, no- it's also known as Mo, the movie. Mo. 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 Um, but yeah, it was a fun one. Uh, but guys, I definitely Halloween want to see time. This. Favorite Halloween. candy. Just give me a candy that you're thinking of right now that you'd like to eat. Take take five. Oh, oh god damn! Yeah. Paul just fucking snatched it right there. It's you can't you can't defeat a take five because it has everything you want in it. It's pretty damn good. Do they still make those? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. they make. Okay. They changed the packaging though. They kind of tried to make it green. Oh, yeah, that's. I, I, see, when I go into healthy. like a gas station, my eyes are just scanning for colors that I like. So if they change the colors, <laughs> I just like didn't even see yeah, it. it. It used to be a red package with gold lettering. Yeah. So like it was foil, and it was like take five. Look at me now. It has a package <laughs> that like it looks like it should be for a pistachio bag. Uh, well, bad call, guys. Oh yeah, I'm looking yeah. at the new one. You're right, Dom. It looks like a pistachio treat. Yeah, yeah. They try to freaking spin it on us. They're trying to classy up this Take 5. When Take it 5 lo- is more of a, like, um, I'd say it's a beautiful, beautiful candy. It's more of, like, the the NASCAR candy bars, I feel like. It needs a branding that fits that. Wait, hold on. <laughs> I see what you're saying. No, unpack, I, I, I'm connecting this. the dots. Yeah. Please unpack yeah, this for me. I need to hear the, what the reasoning behind this. Take 5 is the best of America, right? Like, okay. It's, it's just, like, all the best things we push together. Melting pot. But it's like it, you don't you don't have time. Go here's your quick break. Here's everything you need. There's chocolate. Here's peanut butter. Here's pretzel. Uh, I and love then it. It needs, but it's like, can't you just picture take five like zooming onto your desk? Like you just look down there and you, get, and you hear little tire tracks. And <laughs> yeah, it, like, and oh, it yeah. Burnouts. I, I, I could imagine them making it into the in the factory, adding all the ingredients. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See <laughs> pretzel, <laughs> peanut butter. <laughs> but this I fancy pistachio guys- packaging is like. Uh, this needs to be on an airline, and that's it not. Looks, it, it looks like they tried to take what you said, the beautiful NASCAR of candy, and they tried to like sell it in Starbucks. Yeah, yep. I I'm jealous and both infuriated by any company where it's like we just felt like we needed to rebrand. We just felt like it was time to shake things up. That's Pepsi. Pepsi. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, we're changing Coke Zero to Coke Zero Sugar because none of you asked for it. Yep. Uh, the Patreon P is now this gross, bl- boring block. Like companies are just like, well, if I'm not doing anything big in the graphic department, they're going to fire the graphic department. Like that kind of yeah. Listen, listen, shelf share is hard to get. Okay, and you got to fight for it. <laughs> this is true. This is very. I gotta fight for that shelf I gotta share. Tell you, my, I'm thinking of a candy. Bar yes, please. I had last yeah, night. let's hear I had it. A little fun size one, a little Milky Way. Oh, oh. man, a Milky Way I love that caramel. I yeah. love that caramel. It's smooth. It's I, I a Milky a Take Five is just pure. It's Nirvana. It's candy Nirvana. But a but a Milky Way takes you back to being a child. It's a it's a a, a Proustian uh, cake that takes you back to childhood memories. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Milky Way, I have weird like shame memories with. I've probably mentioned this at some point, but like I used to do this really gross thing as a kid. Mm-hmm. Where I would like eat the chocolate off the sides first. Oh no, that's not great. No, that's, but, that's normal. That. Well, it's normal. Then you had this like little nougat bar, and like you so just imagine uh-huh. like little little Chad with his fat hands and just nougat all over them. Uh, it was real <laughs> gross. But so it was so good. It was so tasty no, that that's way. Totally fine. I, I know to, people who do that. I did that with uh with Kit Kats. I would eat the chocolate barrier around it, and then I would eat it. I didn't think that was possible. I would, it's, I, it I would is. Do those to to the nutty buddy bars, the little Debbie ones. 
They're like those oh, yeah. chocolate covered peanut butter wafer. You um, eat all the wafer or all the chocolate off the sides, right? Yeah, well, like you can peel off the wafer one by one. Yeah. So then you can just have like a peanutty wafer. Ooh. What was? Yeah. What was the the thing that's is it nutty bar? What's the one that's like the the thin cylindrical chocolate with a with like a core of peanut butter inside of it? You about Reese's Pieces? Oh, no. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it was like a cookie covered in chocolate, and then there was like a yeah. a, a, a line of peanut butter on the What? Inside. I want whatever this is real bad. <laughs> it's. Yeah, I think it's, it's a little, little Debbie, Debbie snacks. Ones. Yeah, yeah. What the hell are those even called? Chocolate peanut butter logs? Like, what the hell <laughs> I'm searching right now. I'm looking at like those, though. Peanut butter crunch bars, they're called, and they are a little oh. Debbie snack. Peanut butter oh, crunch yeah. bars. Man, I am... I'm going <sighs> to... I'm gonna, I'm gonna cheat on that, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna cheat on that, dude. They're good. Go out, get those, get get those, get a thing of fudge rounds, and finish it off with some Swiss rolls, and then have yourself a bologna night and and eat those. But oh, I'm sorry, bologna night. You know what I'm talking about. No, what does that mean? Oh, oh, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> what I know that? what you're talking what does about. Bologna night, mean. <laughs> you you're get talking st- to Dommy Bologna over here. Yeah, you get stony bologna. Wait. Are you guys referencing the thing where you get stoned and eat a bunch of bologna? <laughs> well, getting getting stoned to the point where you're stony bologna, as in you're goofy, you've had a you're lot gooped. of marijuana, and anything you eat is going to be incredible. Oh, okay, gotta, sure. I just thought, like, man, is bologna, like, when you're high, like, really, really good? Yeah. Well, I'm sure, yes, actually. Hell yeah. Hobo <laughs> steak? Hobo <laughs> steak? <laughs> you fry up a piece of bologna in a pan? <laughs> You're that's joking, but I really want to do that. That sounds no, really good. No, that's real. That's no, real. That's probably delicious. Oh, man. Uh, I'll hit you with a little hot mustard. <laughs> I'll hit you with my candy. Uh, yeah. I'm taking a detour away from the chocolate side. Okay. Twizzler bits. Oh, yeah. But not, not Twizzlers. A... Twizzler bits. I've never had those. Oh, are they? Mm hmm. See, yeah. I've, I've never been a Twizzler fan, so I don't think I've ever had those because I probably was like, eh, I wouldn't like them. So they're different? I say they have a different taste. Um, there's just a different sensation by having these tiny little, like, bite-sized bits. You can eat uh-huh. them by the handful. Uh-huh. Uh, the big old choking hazard. Real good time. <laughs> yeah, look at, yeah, they got holes in them, though. You could, If you got it caught in your throat, you'd be able to breathe still. Yes, totally. Yeah, the right angle, you could theoretically, those would become your new throat. <laughs> <laughs> my yeah, new candy you can, throat. My new there's candy couple, throat. There's a couple candies that you can eat like recklessly. Yeah, um, like that, like nibs. You can do mm-hmm. that, and uh, lifesavers. Lifesavers. Um, I think lifesavers are swallowing them. Who cares? Lifesavers named as such because you can't choke on them. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. You have a little like, oh, you have a little mini esophagus there, and it'll, <laughs> it'll, your breath will just taste awesome because you're breathing through lifesavers. Oh, I was going to say, you ever accidentally swallow, like, a hard candy too early, and then your body is just slowly <laughs> pulling a rock down through your throat? <laughs> yes. You have that, like, <laughs> you have that brief moment of fear where where you're like, oh, God, I'm dying right here. And then it gets past, and then you have the fight where you're like, ugh, this is my penance for what I did. <laughs> As your body drags <laughs> sweet rock through your throat. I've had probably too um, many times where I've like eaten food too fast and then like, I'm going to die alone in this apartment. And then your decision's like, what do I do? Do I quickly write out? Do I either yeah. call for help? Yeah. Do, I, do I text all my neighbors at once and ask for someone to come over? Do I uh, try to call 911? 
Or do I run to my computer and delete all the porn? Like, which one do I do? <laughs> right. What are the steps here? What are the steps to do? <laughs> I'm going. I'm going. Gotta get rid of the porn. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I've choked on a mozzarella stick before. You ever do that? <laughs> oh, no, that sounds like it's a, hell. a level of torture. <laughs> it, it, so here's what happens when you choke on a mozzarella stick. And I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen to others. Mm-hmm. So it, this is, this is not a, a unique circumstance I found myself in. Uh, you swallow it and it goes down the wrong pipe sorry i'm laughing it's like recalling my horror uh you, you start to pull it out because you're choking on it and it, it strings on you the string spreads and you're like pulling and it's just not moving and it's just getting thinner and thinner it's like quicksand it's like the thing is caught in quicksand it's horrible an ever-expanding mozzarella stick just continually the more you pull yeah if R.L. Stein wants to present us with real horror, he should write a horror that's resolved that revolves around that. What do you think? That's like what he actually scares him. Like, what do you think actually spooks R.L. Stein? Irrelevancy. Probably. Whoa, Whoa, nice. I was going like tax returns, like an old person joke, but I like that <laughs> a lot more. I think I think as someone who tries to make things for a living, the greatest fear is irrelevancy. Oh, so like theoretically, every book is another fight to to fight back his fear of becoming a. The void. Um, yeah, into the, the void. Into being lost forever, his work just disappearing. Yeah. Uh, speaking of RL. Um, he, wrote a, he wrote us a doozy for today's show. Yeah, welcome to Goosebuds. Uh, <laughs> um, what, we, we decided to try an episode of... I can always call them episodes. What is? I'm so ruined by Hollywood. Uh, these are episodes. These are not books. Yeah, they're episodes. Uh, a book of Fear Street, specifically the Cheerleader miniseries. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But there's not a not a scary name to cheerleaders, just cheerleader, right? Um, when it was suggested and someone said that, I was like, that doesn't sound scary at all. But I was intrigued because we got multiple recommendations for the cheerleader yeah, multiple series. people recommended the cheerleader yeah. series, so we decided to read book one, First Evil. That's scary. The name First Evil? Yeah, that's scary. Yeah, I thought... There, yeah, did that make you think it was going to be like some sort of a Evil Dead type thing? And I, I don't know, like, oh, there'll, there'll, be, there'll be multiple evils then. So this is just the first of many. Yes, so, yes. We got things to talk about with Fear Street. For sure. I'll yeah. say that. Yeah, well, let's also go into, like, you guys... Have you guys read Fear Street before? No. No. Same. So this is like, I had no idea what to expect. So I was always... As a kid, I was a very scared child, and that's been made well known on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, but I read Goosebumps, and it took me a while to read them because I thought they were very scary looking from the covers. The covers, are, you know, you guys agree, the cover art on these books is fantastic, uh, mm-hmm. ar- arguably scarier than the books themselves. The, the cover art, uh, yes. But Fear Street scared me because it wasn't. It was supposed to be for an older audience, you know. It was in te- so the, the you know the rules the the rules of engagement for rl we're off with these right yes so these scared me so i never read them for that reason uh yeah i had that same thing i was like oh this is like the heavy stuff like i gotta get through all the goosebumps before i can ever get into fear street Mm -hmm. and is this scary i guess this is scarier yeah i think uh i think he goes places here that he usually doesn't do in goosebumps yes Um, and uh, just to give my first impression of Fear Street as well, I remember one of my brothers had like rented out from the library some Fear Street book about like a roller coaster that was like 
it had teeth and kids were scared on the cover, like riding this roller uh-huh. coaster. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, damn, this shit probably is scary as hell. Like this is, R- yeah. this is like non goosebumps RL. I can't read this. And, uh, I was afraid of it. It was, but, uh, it was scary looking. One, uh, I mean, th- th- I think, I mean, this is a, this is a, a reference, uh, for RL's writing and, and for us to compare mm-hmm. evidence. Uh, what'd you guys think of the writing of this book? Um, uh, I, I thought it was well, m- much more put together than a Goosebumps book, right? Yeah. I think what this book does and what this book shows us about RL is, because it's targeted for like maybe a couple years older, I think he doesn't fully respect the intelligence of a of like a ten or eleven year old, and he he respected the intelligence more in this book. <laughs> I really believe that. I really no, believe yeah. that, and I think that he wrote this book for like a more intelligent. Like he thought he thought this audience would be able to handle a little bit more nuance, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. There was um, there was still interesting to see like some of the hallmarks of RL writing that does continue through mm-hmm. uh, like uh man. Oh man. I, it's just now a hallmark now where RL needs to describe what everyone is wearing down to the T like, okay. So I bought this on Amazon to read. I bought mm-hmm. an ebook of it and I read it on my Kindle. And so if you, if you don't use a Kindle, one of the features on a Kindle is that you can highlight things and save parts that you like or, mm-hmm, or things that sure. you think are notable. The first highlight is of somebody's outfit, and the only things highlighted through this book through this book are descriptions of what people are wearing. They're the only things that are highlighted. It's so unnecessary to do, uh-huh. like it's unless it's really, really important. And I, and I, I've been trying to wrestle with every Goosebump book that has this, like why it feels so off or just like bad writing to me. Uh huh. And I, I think I finally realized. And again, I know this is stories about teen, like pre, like preteens and stuff. Teenagers, seventeen-year-olds, yeah. seventeen-year-olds in this. But even though they're the Goosebump books, the reason why it's been throwing me off is I realized the only other writing I ever read that describes like Tiffany was wearing a short skirt with red and beautiful blue blonde hair on the pigtails her side. The only uh-huh. one I've ever read that is like erotic fiction because they're right. trying to like describe to you like just picture this hot this hot piece of tail. Like that's what that's uh-huh. what the, the bad writers are doing. I realized oh that's what RL does. He needs like you need to fix you need to know exactly how long their hair is. It's part right. it's important. It's important for the narrative. And it drives me crazy. I, I mean it, it maybe it's just me. I was just going to say I mean uh, uh, as we know RL did write erotic literature. True. Wait, what? Wait, what? What? Yeah, remember I said that uh, I brought that up that uh, I read in an interview and it's been posted to the uh, oh that's Goose, right um, that's... Buds, uh, uh Reddit subreddit. Um, but yeah, there was an interview where he uh, said that he first got uh, started writing. Um, that's a, right, a, a Playboy, right? That accompanied porn. No, not necessarily Playboy. I think it was like S and M stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Oh my god, I forgot about that. That was so long ago that we. If he got started, that. that'd be interesting to see like what he kept because it just really does feel like you need to. It it just seems like if I can't describe what they look like exactly and just how right. hot they are, you won't be able to understand what the characters are about. Like right, um, right. RL. I mean, he did feature you know two shower scenes in this book. There were yeah. There's a little bit of shower scenes. I felt like that was a little bit of like it influence there. Maybe. Like, I got similar vibes from it. Well, maybe, maybe we should explain a little bit what this plot of this this one is. Paul yeah. or Dom, do you guys feel like taking so, it? I think first let's lay out Fear Street was was supposedly the the higher 
tier of Goosebumps aimed at like a teen audience. Mm-hmm. And the, the rules were off a little bit. Death can happen in this. Kids can die. Uh, although I will say that <laughs> this, the, although there are deaths in this, we can still go back to say cheese and die where the kids do murder a man with a with a demon camera. So uh, yes, and I would argue that is still more horrifying than actually any of the deaths in this one. This is all yes. like accidents happen like the 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 cheapest way not the cheapest way but like the easiest way for kids to accept death right exactly like these those kids committed murder and and <laughs> were, were rewarded with with it uh, for it so uh so yeah that's what this is so the 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 premise of this one is we have uh two our two main characters corky and bobby corkoran corkoran yeah uh great 90s names bobby b-o-b-b-i uh some just choice 90s names right are, there. there are there tw- are they twins or just sisters no so bobby's the older sister uh but they look like twins okay yeah, that's right i missed that detail that's why i was confused I, by it i actually remember that because that was one of the only other things highlighted in the book was that they were <laughs> looked like twins well so i, I both- don't want to derail your conversation i just think it's important to point out too that there are you say they're the main characters but like we don't get their perspective for a while like it jumps narrative between multiple characters this yeah this book jumps around in who our character is a fair amount it's pretty surprising well, it, it was unlike any goosebumps book yeah, yeah without yeah. telling you sometimes like it took me a while to like wait oh we're not we're not jennifer anymore i'm so confused like that kind of right uh, right animorphs would do this all the time usually it'd be like one character's perspective the whole book or maybe a multiple one but like they would say up front, like, you're now Jake, or you're Cassie right. now. Get it. Oh, okay, cool. Right, like it. the like how the like, Game of Thrones books are written. The yes, song of yes, very fire. much so. Yeah. Or Song of... Wait, is it Fire and Ice? A, or song, ice of, and fire? a never... song of Storms and Songs, or whatever yeah. one of those kind of... Yeah. <laughs> it's Song of Ice and Fire. That's what it is. Anyways, but yeah, they give you the name right at the top, so you're like, oh, okay, this is Bran. I'm, I'm in Bran's head right now. Cool. Um, but yeah, this just jumps around to a ton of different people. Um... But anyway, so they're they're cheerleaders. They're very talented cheerleaders. They uh, move to a new town, and uh, they're trying out for the cheerleading team uh, at their school. And the, the, basically, the the premise of the book is that they make the team, and the the girls, most of the girls, are resentful because they're new and they just kind of came in from nowhere. And one of the one of the younger girls on the team gets kicked off, and then bad things start happening. And, and girls be girls, am I right? Oh uh-huh. man, so. I think about the Fear Street book and like something that just sort of dawned on me while we were been talking about it and while I was looking at covers is like I feel like this series was aimed more at girls. Do you guys agree with, agree with that? I I guess so. I was trying to figure that out the whole time actually because it seemed like a lot of like relationship drama and yeah. like I'm hoping this girl will like me as another girl. Um, yeah, th- I mean it's, uh, especially this cheerleaders series. I, I you know I have not read any other Fear Street books, but when I was reading this, I was like. This, like, girls who were reading this who were involved with cheerleading probably did really enjoy this. Yeah. Like, I felt like it was really written for girls. Am I, am I yeah. dumb to think that there isn't... This may, Maybe this is showing this. Is it, am I dumb to think there wasn't a giant overlap between, like, Girls the Red Fear Street, though, and also into cheerleading? I guess because, to me, Goosebumps was such a weird, like, nerdy thing to read. Uh, I, I mean, when you were a kid, it was such a it was every kid. That's was true. That's very true. Reading Goosebumps, but um, uh, I don't know. Maybe I, it depends on the kid. The kid, I guess. I, think, I, I I get the sense that this could because it's horror. Horror's always been the the fantasy genre sure. that 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 crosses over a little more, right? No, that's true. So, that's true. So I think that I think that this could definitely. 
I think you would get that that crossover. I think so. I, I will say I was hoping for like a uh, the craft vibe to start happening. Kind of I was yeah. like, okay, this will be the first evil. And and my my biggest complaint with this book is it takes so long to get into anything spooky really actually happening. I was like, let's get into it. Like one of you guys need to discover witchcraft and just start uh-huh. like getting the other cheerleaders into because the cover shows like a possessed cheerleader and like evil cheerleaders behind her. So I am ready yes. for you guys to like kill the coach or something like let's let's go and then whatever but i was hoping for some craft stuff too when i read this book i listened to some uh some um some horror movie soundtracks and stuff like that uh, got myself uh, in i was doing the same thing as you? i was reading yeah. uh, it was good it was good yeah it made, it made it better it definitely did uh this this book has so speaking of waiting for the horror to pick up chad this book has so many rl hallmarks in it that you know it's the same writer do you guys agree with that like instantly you if his name wasn't on the cover i would have known this feels like rl yeah yeah because it starts out bobby the older sister pranking he loves his pranksters man because he's a jokester he is so the she's pranking right off the bat first chapter <laughs> yeah but, but also is the prank her hanging herself i did i, did I read that's that the wrong second that's the first prank is the rat prank on their little brother who's purely there for them to torture there's no he has no story use Mm-mm. but like he's featured prominently multiple times throughout the book um so he they prank her or prank him and then yes chad that's the second thing the famous fake outs are back because at the end of chapter one is the is the Bobby's hanging herself fake out right? But I did, yeah. I mean, I don't know why I needed to hear like how she faked. It just seemed like she just hung herself and like, haha, I wasn't. And that was they didn't explain like what she was doing. I think she was like playing dead, hanging over. Okay, I was like that's it's impressive. That's some impressive uh, knot tying for you to pull that off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she did that, and then there's the, there was a couple of uh, keywords that were also used. Uh, Kimmy landed hard on her elbows and knees in this book. Uh, so that happens when Bobby drops her, when she gets frozen later on in the book. And then uh, there's a sour check in there. That mm, one's from, yeah. from Nika. Uh, Nika's favorite. Mm. There's, a, there's a lot of good old smells. A lot of good old... Uh, RL just must have a strong nose, She's, man. She's right. I think Nika was saying that it, it, sour was always used around uh, like evil demonic forces, and during a demonic scene of this is when you get that sour smell. Well, and, and and speaking of it, uh, this is all connected. I I do want to point out. So obviously, Fear Street is like uh, the hallmark benchmark of all the series. Like everything spooky happens on Fear Street. I didn't realize there was an actual street called Fear Street in the right. series. Because yeah, would, I. I, I I was really, I, I thought that was uh, really silly, right? Yeah, because they're like, uh, I mean, the book doesn't really start at all until they're like, oh yeah, we're 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 we got some drama and there's new two new cheerleaders and like a lot of description of how pretty they are, like a lot of it. Uh-huh. Um, again, it feels kind of erotic a little bit, um, or maybe I'm just messed up in the head. And they're like, oh, let's go to the big game, but. Right. Oh, I forgot our pom poms are no fire sticks, which I didn't know the fuck that was. The batons, yeah. Batons, I, would love I guess. To know it. Yeah, yeah they call them fire, fire sticks. sticks so, well, I thought they were doing like devil sticks. I was like, oh, do they have to do devil sticks? That's what I thought too. <laughs> yeah. like, That's exactly that what part, I thought they were. Is that part of the 90s of this where every cheerleader was doing <laughs> devil sticks? But they're like, oh, we left it back at our house, so we'll go and we got to turn this bus around to Fierce. I live on Fierce Street. I'm like, oh, that's a real place. They all mm-hmm. call it that, and no one says anything about it. That's strange. 
Well, so let, let, let me summarize here. So these girls come into town. They join the cheerleading squad. They're on their way to the big game, as you said, Chad. Yes. And mm-hmm. she remembers, I forgot my batons. And the bus driver's like, okay, we'll turn here and go pick up your batons. We'll turn on Fear Street. And as soon as they turn, uh, Jennifer, the head of the cheerleading squad, uh, is thrown out of the bus as it crashes. Oh, and yeah. I just want to add. I just want to add one detail. It seemed like it was described that a sudden typhoon hit them. Like that, as soon as they turned onto Fear Street, the, the rain, rain picked up yeah. and lightning yeah. and winds and everything turned up. So it's like night and day. I pictured it like daytime because they're going to a game right after school. So picture like bright sunny day, and as soon as they turn onto the street, just lightning crashes and comes down and like like a cartoon. Yeah. Well, uh, this book, uh, real quick, I want you to get back to your your thing, our Dom. Uh, what I like about this book is this book definitely gave me like John Carpenter vibes, like the way mm. he starts it and the description and the like small town. Definitely, I was getting very good uh, John Carpenter like style horror vibes from it. Sure, it's a little campy. Yeah, yeah, it felt like uh, the neighborhood in Halloween. It yeah, felt like that kind of like any neighborhood kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Autumn, autumn, early school kind of stuff. Yep. Um, but yeah, so the bus crashes and. Uh, uh, the girl, there's a cliffhanger. RL's using this cliffhanger. Classic. Mm-hmm. And she's then there, and RL's like, she's dead. Yeah. The girl who flew out of the bus, Jennifer, she landed on a grave and she's dead. Mm-hmm. Um, Which I thought was actually then, a really good visual description about because it, it read to me like her body was broken over the headstone. Like, it seemed like a really yeah. that's, what, that's what I read as well. Like yeah. a dark um, image. But yeah, so uh, the paramedics show up and. Uh, and pronounce they, her dead. They, they they pronounce her dead, and then they go, "Man, Fear Street, man." They, 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 they were like, "Fucking Fear Street," and they're like, "Guys, maybe change the name of the street if bad shit." Always it it happens, did feel like it. they were just like, "Oh, we just gotta chalk another one up to Fear Street." Like on the coroner report, they wrote cause of death Fear Street. What, yeah, what yeah. you what you gonna do? Hey, uh, every every neighborhood's gotta have a Fear Street that kills kids, right? Yeah, that's what George Washington said when he became the first president. <laughs> the, the freedoms it's, of our nation will be will be paid for with the blood of children on Fear Street well, across it, the world. In a, in a smart, smart thinking ahead way, if you call one of your residential streets Fear Street, you know where all the spooky stuff's going to go. So it's like a lightning rod for spooky stuff, so you can kind of contain true. it. True, cordon off the the fear. That's great. Yeah. You think you can control the chaos, but you cannot. I, I just thought RL at some point was going to, I thought he was going to call it, I don't know, like, something that sounds creepy, but it isn't just called Spook Street? Like, uh, like, <laughs> like, like, I don't know, call it Birch Creek Avenue or so, I don't know. Just something uh-huh. that sounds. Well, well, the grave that she landed on, what was the girl's name? It Sarah, was like Fear. Sarah, Sarah Fear. Sarah Fear. Sarah Fear. Yeah. Which I wonder, by the way, is that named feels after? like a character. I wonder if that was like a character from like another part of the series. I feel like they, the background of Fear Street was probably laid out early on in the books. And then, and then at this point, we're supposed to know. The history of the town. Yeah, we're supposed to be the paramedics. Fucking fear. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, but yeah, so uh, Jennifer's okay, uh, but she. It, I think she's now paralyzed, right? Yeah, From so the waist I, down. Yeah, so that part's yeah. like that part's great because the par- like I actually wrote a note of that because like she was dead. Everybody was talking about how she's dead, and then they like the paramedics like again fucking fear street, just like wiping their hands off, walking away. <laughs> Yeah. And then, and then, and then Jenny wakes up, and they're like, "What? Oh, she's alive! Great!" 
Yeah, and they don't seem to like run tests on her. It seems like they just let her go home. Like, I guess yeah. time jumps a little bit, but it just felt like a strange the fact that there isn't any mention of the paramedics going like, huh, well, I'll be. Like, they just right. kind of, <laughs> they were just, oh, I guess we were wrong. They yeah. were like, oh, you're paralyzed? We got a wheelchair in the car. You're good. Just go home. <laughs> yeah. Just go home. We, uh, we should have told you. By the way, I think a uh, shout out to a character that got no love that I actually was found myself for some reason fascinated, which was the bus driver. Simmons. Yeah. Simmons, because uh, they mentioned he's also the janitor. And then, like, they keep talking to him while he's driving the bus. He just doesn't respond to any of them. It's like, he's going to be like a goddamn evil mute or something. Like, he's going to, he's got something going on. He's baby driver, but on <laughs> lots of drugs. <laughs> Yeah, he's drug head baby some, driver. For some reason, my money was on it was all Simmons. For some reason, I just had this theory. I was like, it's gonna so, be him. So the whole book, he's like, there's a game of like RL, like trying to make you think it's gonna be all these different people, right? Uh, yeah. I want to ask how you guys feel about like the red herrings and like the there's. I kind of like knew who it was the whole time, but uh, I, 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 I thought that. I thought RL was going to give us the obvious one. I really thought that Kimmy, the girl who's the most adversarial cheerleader, who, again, talking about clothing, he constantly talks about this clasp and pin that she wears on her that keeps falling off, uh, this necklace yeah. that she has. An he, important detail. An important detail that he constantly, constantly refrains on, and it's like, okay, this is going to be the girl, because he's setting that up. But then like you're like obviously like, well, he's making that too obvious. There's no way it's going to be that girl, right? Yeah, well, I was trying to figure out, like, okay, so, and, and this is a quick description, because honestly, I say the middle part of this book, while entertaining, is mostly teen drama, and then just uh, two big events where, for whatever reason, people are paralyzed, like, they can't uh -huh. move. Uh -huh. uh, yeah. There's Chip, the hot, handsome boy, and a, and a lot of description of how cute he is, and girls talk about how cute he is. And, and he, kisses he, on, he kisses our main girl, Bobby. He's a main girl, Bobby, and, like, he's Kimmy's ex. In the middle of the big football game, he just can't, which I think is funny, by the way, because it describes like, oh, yeah, the first play, he starts, and then he just can't throw the ball or move, and then he gets tackled. And then he does uh -huh. it again. And by the third play, he does it again and just gets murdered. And I kept going, like, the coach would have called a timeout, right? Like, the coach would have, right. like, stopped. They're like, for some, whatever reason, our QB seems to not move. I also love that the that the people in the stadium began to boo him they began to boo <laughs> yeah, a child yeah, like, yeah. he was they having the worst time as he just kept getting laid out and, uh, then, and then the parents the supportive parents began to boo him and tell him to <laughs> but so, so he's he's getting paralyzed and like it's basically stupefied from harry potter right he's just getting yeah. frozen in place mm -hmm. and then uh, nothing other happens until the they're doing like practice and uh like doing a new move and it's it's Bobby? I was going to, yeah, Bobby is going to catch Kimmy doing like a really crazy move and then for whatever reason she suddenly can't move and lets her fall to the ground in a really sickening like break herself. Ugh, yeah, she falls on her hands yeah. and knees. Falls on her hands and knees well, and see like her head like knocked back. Elbows and knees, sorry. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah. It's, uh, let's, let, uh, I'm just going to fill in the gaps here. Yes, yeah, please, please. We're kind of all over. Yeah. Je Jennifer. She's no longer the captain. She's in a wheelchair. She the, and they appoint Bobby as the new captain of the cheerleading squad, which mm -hmm. obviously has its ripples. Not yes. everyone's happy about it, especially Kimmy, the adversarial cheerleader to Bobby and Corky. Yes. So uh, this accident happens where she freezes up and she can't catch Kimmy. Well, afterwards, she's trying to forget about it. She goes to the shower, the second shower scene featured in the book. Mm -hmm. She turns on the shower, 
and it's so hot and she can't turn it off and she dies from a hot shower. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the shower burns her, <laughs> scalds her to death. Did did you guys have trouble like picturing that by the way? The actual visual of that would be gr- so gruesome. It you, it would not be pretty. And right. uh Corky finds her, I believe, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I just want to point out. She also finds Oh, go ahead. She also finds that 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 necklace. Mhm. Next to her, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, I just want to ask you guys before we move on from poor old, which is also kind of bizarre because I think for that part of the book, she'd been the main character at that yeah, point. Je- or, yeah, Bobby's the main character through the first half of the book. Even when it jumps to other people's perspective, it's still like pretty much Bobby. So when she yeah. died, I was actually surprised by that, especially because we already had a girl get thrown from a bus and be fine. Right. I was like, right. I was like, oh, RL's pulling all of his punches on this. Okay. He's going to just kind of do pseudo death stuff, but like. That's she what di- I thought too. I thought that there was gonna like I, I, I instantly when she dies, when Jenny dies at the beginning of the book, I'm like, oh, here's our first death. This is crazy. Like he's like, here we are, you know? Yeah, but, yeah. But then he brings her back, and I'm like, ah, yeah, he's pulling his punches. But like you said, then we get into this this Bobby one, and then he actually kills the girl. Uh, so- well, he sets up a cliffhanger that actually pays off. He says. Little did Corky know that would be the last night she ever spent with Bobby. And I was trying to figure out I, how yeah. to, like, RL was going to his way out of there. Like, maybe she'll lose the ability to talk or something. That's something. what I was yeah, thinking, yeah. too. Or yeah. maybe they... I thought they were going to move and they were going to get separate bedrooms. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> like, I thought that's how he was going to do it. Yeah, but no, it's, he, it's he, interesting. he killed her. Uh, I just want to... Did you guys have a hard time picturing... So they described that all the hot water jets turn on their skull and she's trapped there. And then the door to the shower won't open, so it starts to flood. Right. And I just don't know what that shower is. Like, not to get caught up in details, like, <laughs> every high school gymnasium, well, may, a, maybe girls' bathrooms are different. I don't know. It's a locker room, though. So it's like, I think well, the way I read it was the locker room itself was, was like, closed off with, like, probably, like, a heavy-ass door. And then all the water was going, and it just filled up. Maybe oh, not the until, entire like, locker room. Yeah, because like it it, be, it it gives you because she it says like a ton of shower heads start going. So like oh. it, that's why and that's why I read it as kind of like it like because it was sort of like this like demonic force taking over this entire thing and like creating like unfathomable levels of water inside of this room. And also it like makes a point of saying that it was very hot to the point where she couldn't even like walk because the whole floor was filled with hot water. So she was being scalded constantly which is it's very dark i just kept picturing her like locked in like a bathroom stall on and like, like to get out with like a top and a bottom exposed yeah i was like i don't know just go underneath you'll be fine we hurt for a second right. get out of there uh right. but yeah they don't really I, I had this moment where i don't want I, I know we should keep moving on but this is a big death and mm-hmm. it seems like as soon as she dies i know we time jump afterwards like we're in the funeral two weeks later but wouldn't there be like a lawsuit against the school. <laughs> right. Like, right. they're like, yeah, she must, they said uh, it was really weird whether they assumed that they're like, oh, they thought that she had a seizure and died instantly. But like, wouldn't her body just be like covered in like third degree burns and right. there'd be a lawsuit against the school for like faulty doors? I don't know. This one's interesting yes. because it, we, we deal with the, the famous RL parents who, you know, typically just don't listen to the kids. But the parents are decidedly, like, absent from the story, except for the very beginning, right? We, yes. we start out with our classic scene of the kids getting up in the morning and dealing with the parents, and the parents are kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. But other than that, there's, like, no parents in this book at all. So, like, it kind of glosses over all that stuff. The end of the book glosses over. Well, it doesn't gloss over. There's a very brief mention of, like, how the town reacted to this stuff. But other than, like, the Fear Street, man, like, p- paramedics, adults are, like, not involved in this book at all. 
Well, no, that, really. that 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 continues on over, I think, to the dead kid, where they're just like, ah, oh, we lost another one. Well, let's just move right. on. Like, no, yeah, no. the parents don't even grieve at all. They're not <laughs> even there. Like, it just it just happens. Well, uh, yeah, I was, I, I was kind of throwing me for a loop a little bit because you're following Bobby for so long, and it's interesting to shift to Corky, but like until that part of the story, I feel like Corky hadn't really been in the narrative at all. She's just kind of like, oh yeah, by the way, I also have a sister. Yeah, dude, that was. He was pulling psycho, dude. He was. He was. In the shower. <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit of, a little bit of that. Uh, oh my god. Well, Dom. killing killing the killing the lead, you know. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Can, uh, it's funny is yeah. that's totally the better narrative reference to use point. I was like, oh, it's kinda like a Metal Gear Solid where Raiden takes over for Snake in the <laughs> I was like <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like I kept thinking of that for some reason, which is not at all the same story. It's close. Um it, it's pretty close. I mean uh, Raiden was naked. He was naked at one point. He was seeing people that shouldn't <laughs> walk. Yeah. Um. So she confronts Kimmy with the pennant. She says, "Hey, I found this pennant next to my dead sister. Uh-huh. You fucking did this, I know." And she goes, "No, nah, I gave that. I gave that to Jenny." Yeah. Right. Uh huh. And then she goes to confront Jenny, and she follows her to the graveyard where Jennifer first uh, died for yes. a brief period moment. Yeah. And she starts dancing. Uh, yeah. Oh, before she- actually, before we get to this, Dom, we should again with the parents. They go to a uh, Bobby, and then Quirky. Well, mostly Bobby becomes very close with Jenny over the period of, uh, after her accident, right? Yes. And she and she's going over her house. You don't see her parents. Her parents are never around because um, they're they're like high, you know, they're doing a lot of work and stuff like that. They're always working. They're always working a, on this random job. Yeah. There's a very spooky. There's actually a lot of very spooky scenes, like really like cool imagery scenes. And there's one where she where Bobby leaves the house and she sees Jenny walking in the house, right? Yeah, I couldn't tell oh, if it was like yes, a shadow yes. or what, or she sees her or just a silhouette. I couldn't it's tell. Like a, it's a, yeah, it's like a silhouette like demonic shadow that she sees. Which is which is pretty foreshadowing. I actually was trying to figure out like, is she seeing Jenny? Because then she runs to the door and Jenny immediately answers. And, and I thought they were going to do some sort of like, oh, there's a demon in that house. It's not Jenny. Yeah. It's like, that's who she saw on the window. But no, it was just, I mean, it was Jenny. Well, go well, now, uh, Dom, please finish off the, the ending portion of the story. Yeah, so she confronts Jenny at this grave, and Jenny, uh, which she's not referred to as Jenny in the book. That's just what I'm calling. Yeah, her. we keep calling her that. Uh, I actually wrote her name uh, down as it's Jenny just too. Jennifer, it's Jennifer. Yeah, where was that close Jenny. with Jenny that, Jen, that we can call her Jenny? Um, uh, she reveals uh, that when uh, Jennifer's body hit the grave, um, it was it Sarah Fear. Yeah. Yeah, Sarah Fear's evil spirit went into her body, right? Well, uh-huh. well I, I just want to point out, because I, I, this is actually one of the questions I had, is when she landed on the body, the spirit says, I was trapped there, and finally, I, I've been waiting 100 years or whatever for someone to land on it. But she never says, I'm Sarah Fear. She just says, I'm no. not Jennifer anymore. And right. like, But maybe go like, are you... The, she never goes, I'm Sarah back from the dead, or I was a witch. The, in a weird way, that's scary that they don't explain anything, but it's just... A generic demon or something. Well, yeah. there's a there's a detail that she says she's got now she's she's not Jennifer, but now she's going to destroy Jennifer's enemies, or which is strange, like very strange. Yeah. Which is so, weird because Jennifer didn't see. I guess it did. They did allude to the fact that Jennifer had some uh, ulterior motives. Uh, yeah, throughout, like she was, she seemed to be fake at points. Um, 
But it didn't seem like she had any enemies. She seemed to be the glue that held the uh, cheerleading squad together. I, well, I was trying to think, like, in horror terms, like, who... So the, the two main people that have been hurt by... It's honestly weird that more kids weren't picked off. It's just two. It's just Bobby dies and Chip gets tackled. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, yeah. Yeah. so... <laughs> I first I was like, she's trying to ruin the lives of someone. So who's the person that like connects the dots between uh, these people who are hurt and why them? that must be the evil witch person or whatever it is. Right. Like, yeah. Right. I guess Kimmy's kind of like who you would assume because Chip is her ex and then Bobby took her place on the team. But it, I, for some reason, I think because they kept mentioning that like Jennifer was just there nearby or whatever. I was right. like, okay, well, so Jennifer's motivation, if they actually had spelled that, which they don't say, is I hate Bobby and Corey. That's what I was trying to rationalize. Tell me you guys think I'm crazy. Okay. Was Jennifer blames Bobby and Corky because they had to go back to get that stuff on Fear Street. And if they hadn't uh, turned okay. That's down what the I'm street. Assuming. That's what yeah. I thought they were going to do. Like, oh, if you guys hadn't been dumb idiots and made us go down Fear Street, because we know Fear Street's evil. We all in town know this. Right. Uh, I would have had an accident. I wouldn't be in a wheelchair for the rest of my life. So therefore, the- I'm the witch. And shouldn't the demon be happy because she gave they gave her a body to enter? Yeah, there was a, I was confused. If she's punishing Jennifer's enemies, I get it. But like, but if you're not Jennifer, why do you fucking care? Like, it should you just be, be like, oh, I'm thanks. just picking off one by one. Thanks for the sweet dead body to enter. Cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which I did like because um, at least explained the... So Jennifer died. They don't say that, but Jennifer died on that tomb. And then the, the ghost just went into it. Which is a good yes. explanation of that bad portion. Because at first I was like, that was stupid that the paramedics didn't even know she was alive. <laughs> yeah, I was really bothered like, by that. I was like, what the fuck? But then they explain it there. So it works out. Uh, I, I, one more thing about that, though, is that means... So it's a great image. You mentioned it, Dom, where like she follows Jennifer into the woods and she's not in her wheelchair. And she's doing like a weird like pagan dance with her yeah, yeah. dance baton. I was picturing like a really good version of that where it's like it's like the craft or something. Uh, uh-huh. woodland nymph but that means i wanted her to say either like i'm using dark powers to like propel her body or it means she wasn't paralyzed and she just pretended to be paralyzed right which one why other than misdirect and two the paramedics when they like tell wouldn't there be like a, like a weird her body seems perfectly fine right it's psychosomatic or something. She's not responding to the treatments. I don't know. Right. I, right. Maybe we're getting too caught up on the logistics of, of teenager uh, skeletal structures, but no, 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 no. I think, I, I think it's shown that this demon is capable of, of telekinesis because they create a, a dirt tornado around. Yeah. Them. She wields dirt. She wheel. <laughs> she has dirt powers. Um, and I guess she takes credit for everything that happened. So water powers, water, but did I miss a page? Does she just not, ever say like i was doing blank like she never says i thought they were going to for sure like during the game just like right. in harry potter first one like uh the way like no, snape is casting that spell secretly on harry's broom in the right, match. Right. like i thought it was gonna be, like i was casting a spell on chip to make him unable to move i think just it's like, implied because because she because one of the first ho- like true supernatural horror segments of this book is when uh bobby's walking down a hallway and all of these lockers start to open and close loudly around her and like slam yeah right? i yeah i just i don't know for some reason i just wanted her to be like i was there casting i uh, hex spells yes. or whatever but she's just a demon so i guess she could just do whatever yeah the end of the book is a little it's it's climactic there's a you know a pretty crazy like visual that's created but like this demon gets punked pretty damn hard would you guys agree 
Yes. Yeah, should we describe the fight? Uh, yeah, please. Go on, Paul. Go on, Paul. Yeah, no, Paul, t- describe, describe. No, 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 Dom, you got here. it. Dom, you got it. You no, got it, I don't, because I, 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 I read it, um, but I, I was like reading it as Ian was getting here. So sure. I was getting the details, but describe to me what you find so absurd about it because you clearly have yeah. this perspective so quirky walks up like dom said sees jennifer dancing and, and she's like how oh, you know she'd been watching her drive over she's all blown away by by her ability to do these things which before i get into this i want to talk about another moment of physics being defied uh, when, <laughs> when when jennifer first and i might just misunderstand how wheelchairs work here but <laughs> jennifer rolls out during a pep rally after being paralyzed with a pennant in one hand and she's wheelchairing chairing herself out with the other and i was like wouldn't you be spinning in just like a circle if you're just using one hand to <laughs> no, wheelchair? She's, she's juggling the pennant back and forth between hands that's, and pushing on either sides. Yeah, that's cheerleading talent right there. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Raw cheerleading talent. Um. So anyway, so she sees her dancing, and it's funny because the Jennifer, the demon Jennifer, uh, approaches Quirky. <laughs> uh, I mean, we never get a demon's name, by the way. It never says like I am Zool. Yeah, uh, right. I, Which is kind of cool. I like. I like it being a little ambiguous. It's. It's the e- like I'm. This is like a five book series, so I'm assuming the the demon gets its uh gets its personality, you know, brought out throughout the thing. Of course, Which, of course, book, yeah. Book number four, we have to read because there's an evil Santa Claus on the cover with chasing a girl. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> um, so uh, for Christmas, for Christmas, I think we probably should do that for December. Um, so. Uh, so, anyways, she approaches it and and she's like, "You're not, you're you're not Jennifer. You can't be Jennifer." Or she's saying she's. I'm sorry, the demon Jennifer is saying she's not. And Quirky's like, "No, I see you. I saw you dancing. I saw you dancing." And it's like, I don't know how that's proof that she's Jennifer because she's dancing. Uh, in fact, it's going against everything <laughs> that it, that we know about Jennifer. Uh, Jennifer approached- never had the dancing skills to pull off the moves you no, were doing. No, she was acrobatic, not a dancer. She wasn't fluid enough. So. <laughs> Uh, so so Jennifer's dancing, and then she starts to to create the the dirt tornado that we talked about earlier. Uh, and then um, she she begins to she opens up the grave of Sarah Fear and presents the horror inside of it, which is a a, a corpse, a, a, a skeleton being eaten by maggots, and it's a really good, <laughs> yeah, yeah, really good visual. Like actually, well, like, it's it's specifically white worms, white worms, so not necessarily maggots, but. Uh, white worms. It's grave worms. Is that it's a standard class of worms called grave worms? And right, they, oh, yeah, okay. right. It, we I'll get out my uh, my monster manual. I'm sure white worms are disgusted in there. <laughs> they were still feasting on her body, even though she died in the 1700s. Yeah, well, like, that's not true. Those those worms would be gone at this point. That would just be like a skeleton. White worms love sucking on a white girl's bones, dude. They just love that. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> they love it. Uh, so, so they're, they're, they're feasting on this skeleton. It's a pretty good image. And, uh, the demon using again her telekinetic powers, she throws, uh, Quirky into the grave, uh, in, on top of this, this gruesome horror. And it's, it's great. Again, a great visual. It's very climactic. It's a great, great scene. Great build up here. Uh, and then that's a cliffhanger. She's fallen in. Quirky, uh, utilizing her gymnastic abilities. Again, an, a good use of, of the, of the characters that you've built here. No, but this part's uh, ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, vaults herself out, you know, stops the her momentum and and lands, and then jumps out of the grave and escapes. And uh, and at this point, the uh, the other cheerleaders have showed up because they followed Quirky and are approaching Jennifer, evil evil demon Jennifer, and she's distracted. So Quirky runs up and bear hugs her from behind. 
Yeah. And and tries to wrestle her into the uh into the grave. I think she actually might have done this before she was thrown to But she failed the first time. But she failed the first time. Anyways, so uh, yeah, that's right. So that happens before she grabs her. Then she falls into things. She gets out when she's distracted by the cheerleaders. She runs up and starts choking her. Yeah. And just fucking like, you know, ends this demon. She just well, deaded, double well, deads this demon. Double deads this demon. And by the way, like, the description of her like cheerleading out of the grave, I was picturing like a 10 foot vertical leap standing just like. She it's, hits the ground, perfect hand, and then just jumps right back out. And I was thinking it's the crouching like, tiger level, like wired. Yeah, like, I wanted she to yeah. like, what, what, what? And then, I really yeah. enjoyed that she used cheerleading to beat the ghost. Yes, she cheerlead fights her to death, uh, and then she chokes her out. She just chokes the demon. The demon gets punked real hard for a demon with supernatural abilities. I think, but Corky did strangle the life out of someone. She did, yeah. This is her start. This is the start of her becoming probably a, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer type character. Yes. where she's choking, and it mentions like this is all that sour stuff, right? Is like the the Jennifer the demon just starts spewing like foul gas everywhere out of her yeah. mouth, yeah, and also probably putrid. out of her other holes. If we're gonna be obvious, like if it's a if it's a full horror, it's probably out of all the holes. It's and then, putrid stank coming out of her everywhere. Yeah, and I was like, okay, cool. It's like a defensive technique, but I guess that was the demon. Like, uh huh. Because it describes, right, she pushes her, she wrestles her back into the grave. And I, tell me if I was reading this wrong. Is it wrestles her into the grave and it puts her face down in the worms so that she's belching the, the noxious smoke into the coffin. Right. And then they close the coffin shut, trapping the gas in there. Therefore, the demon's trapped. Yes. With its own noxious demon gas. But, but like. But it's the demon, but it's the demon that gets caught in there, though. That's the weird thing. So it's, it's a little oddly described because. Jennifer's body then falls to the ground and instantly decomposes. Again, another great visual because he describes how her body is normal, the normal Jennifer girl body, yeah. and then quickly, like, uh, like time lapse, like bloats and then falls apart, like before their eyes. I didn't understand why that would happen. I mean, maybe that's just a good image to show, like, oh, this character's clearly dead. But it's really cool. That's why. That's why. <laughs> uh, did you guys have any moment where you thought like? Trying to figure out how the demon works because it seems like they, the essentially do is they Dutch oven the ghost, right? They like <laughs> yes. they, they have it like belch into the coffin and slam the coffin shut, and there it's trapped. But then the demon ghost thing definitely said like I was waiting for anybody to just come by where this grave was and I jumped into them. So I think I think someone had to die by it. That's my, uh, my okay. You think because that's the rule? she died? She died close enough to it that she was able to be turned into a demon that's what i read took it took a couple hundred years but it finally happened yeah it took a hundred years but you know over a long enough timeline someone was gonna die by that grave yeah i guess so So he's just waiting like a ghost trap again we still never know if it's seraphir because like as far as we'd find out it might be seraphir was like a van helsing type and like trapped Uh a demon with her in her final (laughs) moments who knows yeah i got the impression that seraphir was the previous demon like body like the previous host yeah they mentioned they, by the way if you guys listening to this they have read the fear street books please give us a heads up because they mentioned there's like a whole fear family buried there i think or like multiple yeah. tombstones yeah yeah and they lived on fear street they, they fear built street, this town man. they built fear street um on rock and roll fear street rock and roll and dead teenagers That's what they built <laughs> so i guess like the girls see this they, they don't give them a lot of reaction time to be like holy shit like it's some kind cops of show like, up 
and and they do the paramedics things like it's fear street man forget about it Corky, it's Fear yeah. Street. <laughs> these girls are cleared of all charges. There's no murder being lobbied against them. Let these girls, let these nice white girls go home. Let them go yep. home. Uh-huh. They, they they talk about it. They took them all downtown. They booked them for a little bit. And uh, they're like, there were no answers. It was just illogical. It was it's just, just Fear illogical. Street, yeah. Well, I mean, they would have, I, I was trying to figure out, like, they would have found a, I just want to the cops to figure out. They would have found an open grave. Right. Mm-hmm. No matter mm-hmm. what, that's not supposed to be happened. They would have found an open right. grave. Right. A defiled coffin. They would have been telling them, like, don't open the coffin. Because theoretically, as soon as someone opens that coffin, a ghost comes out. Yeah. Uh, they would have found a dead, decomposed teenage girl body. And again, this is like a white girl. This is a pretty yep. white girl. So that's yeah. going to be a national. Very important. Yes. National case. They w- These girls would have gone to jail forever. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Unless they yeah. went, oh, it's Fear Street. It's Fear Street. So, like, I guess they just get to go home. Dom, what were you going to say? Oh no, I was just agreeing. Yeah, they 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 should have been. But these were um yeah, I mean the headline would have been uh cheerle- paralyzed cheerleaders body found decomposed in haunted grave. <laughs> right. <laughs> Suspect uh jealous girls killed her cuz they hated her cool wheelchair or something. And that was the undertone of this entire book was that it, it was it, like there like that it's like a like a, a jealousy thing like there's a lot of like like feminine like jealousy in this book like cliche jealousy yes right mm-hmm. like that the 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 girls are always gonna be fighting fighting I, each other yeah I was I was kind of hoping like maybe this book's go I mean that's kind of the end of the story right there's a little bit of cliffhanger we can get into but like I was kind of hoping. It would get quicker into oh, there's some evil going around, and let's like, let's actually be friends. Or right. it's it's I I just personally get kind of bored whenever it's like teenage girls just all they do is gossip and bicker because it just feels like it's written by like an angry angry dude. Yep, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but I, I don't know, man. As we know in the Slenderman murders. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck, that was crazy. But uh, yeah, those I just girls th- just killed that other girl. I, I just wanted them to start teaming up, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Just like start working together against this, or like we were wrong about you, but also now let's let's use our let's let's all be characters because I had this big thing where I just like really couldn't tell the difference between the girls at all. They were all just so generic, like. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, like, and like the girl that's supposed to be like the 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 red herring girl, Kimmy, is like the only one who isn't like your generic blonde, like you know, '90s like icon, right? Of sexuality. I guess there's just nothing to them other than like I guess she's a brunette. Like that's all I could, like. I guess that's all I could tell between these characters. Right. There really wasn't too much personality. Like like uh, Jennifer is described as young um, Julia Roberts as a, as yeah, a Julia that Roberts. That was weird. Type. There's a lot of like, she also had her luscious big lips. I'm like, Ugh. Yeah, yeah. I was like, kind of, yeah, kind of gross. Dude. Yeah. And then he put him in a shower twice, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I guess that goes to show though, that this was a book that was a little bit more well-crafted. Like each chapter kind of set out to, uh, move the story in a particular direction right um it was a lot more put together than a goosebumps book which i think uh applies to my theory that rl did write all the goosebumps he was just on a tighter deadline i think you're right you think so yeah. although yeah. he was he wrote this while he was doing goosebumps this was written in 1992 i think 
I think we have to, and this will be my crusade. If I have to fall on, on this sword, this will be okay. my crusade. Okay. At some point, because we know that every other author, like popular author, like there's no way Dean Koontz writes all, I mean, also those are like 900 page books. We just know that like Clive Cussler and Dean Koontz and Tom Clancy, those guys don't write all of them. There's right. just no way. Right. So they have ghostwriters. While yes, I think any three of us, not to shit talk RL too much, any three of us could have, we could do first drafts of any of these Goosebumps books in like a week if we really needed to. Right. At some point, the machine of book publishing would go like, RL, we need you to just get like five more out this month. And they're like, okay, I'll hire this guy. Like there right. would just be so- that would happen at some point. I do think RL wrote this though. This does feel like I'm, RL. I'm looking at the list. Actually, it definitely was. And Odd, so he wrote these. He started the uh, the Fear Street books before it's so looking like before he was doing Goosebumps because Goosebumps didn't start until July of 1992, which is really when this book was released. I always uh, assumed this was like five to six years later. I had no me idea. Me too. Me too. I'm looking at it right now, and it's that's actually pretty astounding. He released the first two Goosebumps books in a month, in the same month, July of 1992. Okay, uh, here's the thing. I can at least understand that maybe he had multiple ones he was working on. Like, so you would, like, have a, maybe a back catalog. Right. But at some point, yeah, by book, like, 30 of Goosebumps when he has Fear Street and Goosebumps and, like, the three other spinoff series, there's no way. There's just no way. He's just not doing it. I I, I I, refuse. You know, maybe I'm, that's why we got such a big fuck you on the last Choose Your Own Adventure. Like, <laughs> I gotta write another goddamn book every month. Fuck you guys. Fuck you, dumb. Like he's, at some point, you'd start to hate the kids and you start to be like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe there's a beast from the east. I don't know what that means. It just rhymes. We're gonna do it. Fuck it. I'm going with it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we should we should explain about it. There's one little cliffhanger because this is a series. I guess it's a mini series. Is what uh, is it's it? Five books. Five books. Yeah. Yeah. So the girls are cleared of all charges. Uh-huh. And time has passed a little bit. The girls should there be should, should be a scene where they're like, "Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Demons are real, or whatever." But they're like, "Let's right. go back to cheerleading." Corky comes back into her bed. I believe it's Corky, and then it is. She pulls back the sheets and finds Jennifer's cheerleading pendant, right, and in her bed, and she screams. Which, that's which it. she threw, which the demon was holding, but at like, the end of the book. Yeah, I just for some reason I get that's supposed to be like the horse head in the bed from like. Godfather right. or like a sign of the demon still alive. I didn't even take it as I was like, yeah, probably, probably someone picked it up. Like they probably yeah, found it, gave it to her, you know, as like yeah, a, the parents as like put it there as like a remember your sister, your, your good friend. And it didn't spook me at all, but maybe it means something <laughs> later. What was fucked up is that the pendant was, um, a yin yang symbol, but with blo- both of them were black. So it was like double evil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I believe that's the ding-dang symbol. The, the ding-dang. Ding. Yeah, I kept putting one in, because the pendant's like a, it was a, uh, wasn't it like a cheerleading symbol or like a like a horn or whatever or something? Yeah, it was like a megaphone. Yeah, yeah. If, they if they had made the pendant just seem more generically like stars and moons or something, you could have done a cool thing where like, oh yeah, that wards off evil or something, or it's haunted. Like, uh, you, like, like you were saying, Paul, like it might have been a red herring stronger if it didn't seem... I, I did never. I never thought it was evil or magic because like there's no, no. way a magic cheerleading pendant she's, is right. Right. She's always mentioned with it, and it's never. It's never given that like that level of like gravity that it means something. You know, it was clearly bought for them at Wet Seal. Like I didn't think it was. Right, right. It was. It was spooky. <laughs> uh, I will say though that this book. Uh, again, I think this book, and now that I know that he wrote these before Goosebumps, I get the impression that he established a, a, a style with yes. Fear Street, right? Um, and Goosebumps was 
all right, I can market these to younger kids and sell a shit ton more books, and I'll just pump those out. And it wasn't as much about an intelligent, like, horror that like a horror movie that he was laying out it was more just about like just tell us something that'll spook kids and just have a bunch of like you know spooky situations that like are that are safe enough to sell in a scholastic book club yeah, yeah it seems like uh these were more of his uh tales from the crypt yeah cut where he could like goosebumps were just like it, it, some of them could be funny some of them could be have weird monsters but he could do whatever he wanted whereas like right. fear street that was the established horror series he had started doing it's yep. interesting to see that he went i always assumed it started with goosebumps and then he's like okay i can i can age it up now but it does almost seem strange to go from this which is yeah it's heavier i think i could have read this as a kid and been okay like i don't i don't think like yes. a girl in a wheelchair would have terrified me uh that would that would have not none of the things in this really would have scared me as a kid. Yeah, it's a strange thing to go from like that to like I gotta not dumb it down, but also like lighten it up for these kids to dig these series. Right. It's like almost overcorrecting. I mean, whatever. Obviously he did fine. Goosebumps was a giant series. He he did right. it. Right. But I, I it, honestly think I reading this when I was just like, this would like you're saying, this this would have been fine for a kid. I really think that it it was almost and I don't know if that he was like he thinks kids are stupid or anything like that, but <laughs> but I but I think that I think that um, R. L. Stein just made his thing a little too like he did he could have given kids a little bit more horror and then he did that's all yes I think, I'm, yeah, I think even, just, even he played it one. safe he played it safe yeah even in this one well you could see in like Welcome to Dead House the first one yeah it's a lot darker than the other ones like a whole a whole town died. Right, right. Like, and they were and yeah, and like, it. say cheese and die. Again, he, they murder a man and say cheese and yeah. die. I'd be uh, interested. I wonder if we're following a track, because my memory is my memory serves the Goosebump books get weirder and weirder. If this just became like, there's a, like a, a shade of a spectrum where it starts darker and it just gets more and more into wacky, like, horror comedy as the series went on. Right, yeah. Well, we'll find mm. out in the in Night and Terror Tower next, so. Oh, yeah. That, that, that sounds like a real spooky one. one. The, guy with the, with the guy has an axe on the cover. Who yeah, I mean. I don't know if I can go from Fear Street back to Goosebumps because honestly, it's going to be like the axe started to swing down on my head. Cliffhanger. Next chapter. He was just cutting some melons. Like it's just going to be kidding, like that. Kind of- just kidding. The, just kidding. The axe was still just sitting there. It was like- <laughs> I saw it wrong. I saw the axe wrong. <laughs> I I do have a one critique of because I haven't crit- criticized it at all. Uh, He's got to watch it on these chapter titles. Like, these chapter titles were spoiling everything. Uh, the chapter well, titles. that's why he dropped them, right? Right. he dropped them from Goosebumps. Yes. Yeah, because yeah. it, it'd be like, uh, you don't know if what's going to happen in the next one. And then J- you see Jennifer in the woods. I wonder what this means. Next chapter, title called, I'm Not Jennifer. Right, like, right. I don't know. Maybe let me find find that out in the next couple pages, because I like to still guess maybe it's still her and she's a witch. Nope, I guess not. The titles of the chapters, to me, felt like his outline. Like it yeah, felt no, like literally totally. the bullet bullet points of his outline, and that he was just like, "Oh, I'll just use those as the titles." Chapter seven, the new captain. Chapter eight, Kimmy quits. Chapter yep. nine, Bobby and Chip. These are just like the shorthands you would use to break it out, and then you don't exactly. change it. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. You put uh, chapter thirteen in quotations. I was dead. I guess the person that I thought was dead wasn't dead. Like it's right. just kind of <laughs> right. It's there's a lot of you're spoiling stuff by not having any level of of coyness. I guess. Yeah, I think. I think that we should read The New Evil with the Santa Claus on it for December, though. I oh, really want to. Totally. I also think it's interesting in the back of the chapter they list, there's like five or six books. The final one in this cheerleader series is called like a super scare or whatever that means. Uh-huh. Probably just a special book series. It was like an extra, you know, dollar. 
but super super chiller yeah super chiller yeah, it's the mad magazine uh super special uh, it's like, uh <laughs> yeah. how they would do like an extra one that costs a dollar more yeah, yeah. Well, i think it's interesting is that i wonder if to them this was definitely a different series because i just noticed it lists every single fear street book but then not a single goosebump book oh like it's, i mean i may i'm overthinking but it just says books by Earl stein and it lists all the fear street it lists uh the fear park series the mm-hmm. Fear Street Cheerleaders and Fear Street Duets, whatever that fucking means. And all of these well, ones, on. just not a single mention of like, also read Goosebumps. This was in August of 1992. So this was only, a, this was published a month after the first Goosebumps was published. So maybe Goosebumps just wasn't a, like a huge success yet and they just weren't pushing it yet. You know? Yeah, I mean? though, though it mentions like 50 Fear Street books. So I don't know at this point, but yeah, yeah. Uh, right, right. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by it. I almost kind of wish we were still reading the rest of this cheerleading series now that maybe it's just starting to go. Yeah. Uh, I mean, hey, this is our show. We're allowed to just. Take I guess so. Off. We can always, we we'll see how you guys feel about Fear Street. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get uh, the feedback from the audience and see what they say. Did you guys read the next? Uh, I, I agree. I'm down to also just skip to Santa Claus. But you guys read what the, the description of the next book was? No. Uh, at the end of mine, it says next cheerleaders, the second evil Corky Cochran or Corcoran is trying to put the nightmare of her sister Bobby's death behind her. She's back on the shady side cheerleading squad and has become friends with Kimmy, Deborah, and Ronnie, those other characters that didn't do much. But just uh-huh. when everything seems like it's back to normal for Cor- Corky, she hears horrible screams in the gym, notices a very strange young man following her, and thinks she sees her dead sister rise from the grave. And then the murders begin again. So, like, oh, oh shit. My God. there is, like... Maybe this is setting the groundwork for multiple books. I don't know. Like, if, if, if it actually happens, that makes this whole one more interesting. I'm hope it definitely is. And I'm hoping there's more murders. Like, I hope well, the murder Santa Claus gets up. involved with the murder at some point. <laughs> yeah. And if, if Bobby returned like a werewolf in London, like, I'm not, I'm partially dead, but I'm still going to talk to you or whatever, like, that would all be super cool. Be mm-hmm. curious to see what RL mm-hmm. does with that. Yeah. I'm interested. I'm interested. Because by book four, they fight. Fairy tale creatures, it seems like. So who knows? I bet that sick fuck's gonna surprise us. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I think that's I think that's Fear Street. Um, I think it's Fear, that's Street, Fear Street, guys. Baby, that's Halloween, baby. I hope you guys have a wonderful one. Yeah, get spooked out there. Get your spook on. <laughs> I'm talking to the audience. I'm also talking to my friends Chad and Paul. Yeah, also, yeah. You guys have a Are you guys Halloween. dressed up for Halloween? Do you guys got a costume? Yeah, I dressed uh, up as a cheerleader today. Did <laughs> for this you you dressed up or became I, because somebody ooh. fell on your grave? <laughs> yeah, I found a dead body and I just absorbed it, my my uh, soul inside of it. Oh, cool! Yeah, that's actually, cool. that'd be a great way to dress up like a cheerleader for Halloween. And then when they ask you, who you are you like say, "Well, I'm actually the ghost of Sarah Fear uh, possessing the cheerleader." I assume you've read Fear Street Cheerleaders, the first evil. I assume, uh, and all I can really do is lift up dirt. So. <laughs> <laughs> and you throw some pocket sand at them at the party, which really just <laughs> yeah. ruins it for everyone. Yeah. Um, what, uh, I don't have a costume, but I do have this uh, Snoopy sweater that I bought off oh. of an Earthlink website. <laughs> um, that's uh, Snoopy as uh, as Joe Cool wearing a, a sweater that says Count Cool. <laughs> and uh, he's got a cape on, and it's this bright orange sweater, and I uh, really enjoy it. Oh, I would definitely listen yeah. to any Halloween party with that. Yeah, definitely. Thanks, Chad. Thanks, Chad. What about uh, you, Chad? I am uh, still putting together um, the pieces of a casual Overwatch Tracer cosplay. 
Oh. Um, got the tights. Uh, I found a very super cheap uh, faux bomber jacket. Get some oh, shades and some yeah. sneakers. It's going to be real, real embarrassing. But we'll see I'm how it goes. very excited to see that. I'll send you some I'm personal photos. Please do. <laughs> um, guys, I think we should just wish uh, our listeners happy Halloween, right? Yeah, happy Halloween, yeah. y'all. Maybe eat a fun size candy bar in pieces like Chad did. <laughs> <laughs> guys, thanks so much for listening. Uh, if you want to support the show, there's multiple ways to do it. Uh, you can go to Twitter and follow us on at uh, GooseBudsPod. Uh, we appreciate any shout outs and retweets and everything you do. The love is very important uh, and we love hearing from you guys. Uh, you guys can also check out our subreddit where we can talk with uh, with you guys about the books. We like to do discussions before and after. Uh, there's usually always a discussion of the current book being read where everybody kind of throws their thoughts in. And we like to go in there and usually read that after we're done reading to get some some things to bring up on the next podcast. Um, so definitely go in there. It's, uh, it's reddit.com slash r slash goosebuds. And another great way to support the show is by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash goosebuds. Um, you will get access to uh, bonus episodes of Goosebuds. We may even say your name at, at the, in the credits <laughs> if you care to donate at that amount. We will do it. It's a fun way to support these beautiful voices that lull you to sleep sometimes. So, mm. uh, <laughs> and and sometimes your names become jokes that become artwork, like a recent one where a mantis became a uh, an avatar of my responsibility. <laughs> yeah, I still don't understand why that happened, but I love um, it. I forget it, everything, but I, I love the picture. <laughs> Hold on, let me pull up. Let me pull up the artist who did that real quick. Sure. So yeah, that's patreon.com slash goosebuds. Yeah, we appreciate you guys' support. The artist was Chev, and it's uh, on Instagram. Chev Arnanzi, A R N A N Z I. Chev C S H E V. If you want to do more art of Paul being chased by specters and demons and bugs, go for it. Please do no dolls, though. That was <laughs> no dolls. That crosses the line. That crosses the line that I will not look at. Uh, guys, I just want to say, uh, real talk, that I feel like getting to do this show with you guys on this, the most spookiest of days. Um, I really feel like we're kind of a squad, you know, like um, people we that are. bring cheer and happiness to others and ourselves. And uh, I can always count on you guys to catch me when I fall. Yeah. It, I, 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 and that's good cheerleader terminology. Uh, that you <laughs> used. And I also think that uh, if a demon overtook any of us, that the other two would be responsible enough to either uh, de-summon the demon or kill yes. the person and end their demonic. Oh rage. yeah, I would use my I would use my podcasting skills to fight a demon to save your life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, I, I'll throw in a, a, an addendum. If it seems like one of us is possessed by a demon, and upon the exorcism of the demon, uh, our bodies will wither. Uh, we agree instead to just trap the demon alive in the body and just make them be our best friend and call them by our real name, just as That's if they're still there. Idea. Yes, please do that so that I don't die forever. Yeah. Noted. So, sound good? Sounds good. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> okay, guys. I think that's my goosebuds. Uh, thanks for listening. I love happy, you all. Happy Halloween. Love you guys. Bye, guys.
This episode of Goosebuds is brought to you by our wonderful Patreon supporters. They include these terrific, terrific people. Asim Zaman. Steven Jive Turkey Kuwabara. It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Meowers. <laughs> Kale Clinton. SBS or Sibs. <laughs> Ryan Melfi. Logan Troiano. Kyle Billings. Yetisberg. Michael Knight. Penmask. Sarah Welch. Jack Frazy. Nathan Wainwright. Connor Church. Zachary Lawson. Zanticles. Lendon Martin. Ronald King. Drew Applegate. Heath Robinson. Silo. Alastair Perez. Brian. Victor. Aaron Cole. Becca McWilliams. <laughs> uh, it's three guys who read Goosebumps, Morty. <laughs> Zam Bambino. Stephen Smith. Spencer Eager. I, I'm reading the head, sorry. Christopher <laughs> McElvog. I know you guys see the one I'm looking at. Sven Stormbeard. Patrick Murphy. Ben Bohan. Chase Nyman. Psychomaster One. Nice. Carly Sarnowski. Vincent Modica. Aaron T. Strunk. Nathan Remick. Chris Culver. <laughs> Paul's responsibilities. You can't hide forever, you Italian dream boy. I want to know what that is. I don't know what that. That feels yeah, like who, a warning. I don't that? know. There's a creepy mantis in it, as his picture too, which makes it even scarier. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Daniels, John Jimco, Brandon Rowdenbush, Fausto the Taco Druid, Brian Hamgood, Matthew Stevens, Fangirling with Mel. Jennifer Britton. Eric England. Afshin Mataleb. Bean Daddy Spookboy. <laughs> and Danky McStanky. Just like Hollywood underscore. Sarah Kemp. YT Chan. Matt Flanagan. Jubs. Grady Wakeman. The Rupal Productions. Mayor Negotorium. Yeah. Joshua <laughs> Lopez. Jordan Winkleman. Honk. <laughs> Hi, Raposo. Martin A. Macias. Daniel Calejas. Oh. Kenneth Tyler Burns. Madeline Volker. Jim Greaves. Jean-Luc. Natu Pearl Henderson. Christopher Bites. Hollis Hornbeak. Oh, yeah, it's my boy Turtle Mancer. Zachary James Blacks. Walter Frazier. Ryan Fisk. Ford Theater Reunion. Sean Lyons. Cameron Murphy. Paul Grasso. Ben Bueller. Michael McDowell. Nick Hayes. David Cron. Zangief. Dagger throwing knives. I'm a Kevin. Joshua P. Robertson. Tim Healy. 
Ed Burdick. David Cole. Aaron Manchester. Beware and warning. I What? Beware? Okay. Uh, watch out. <laughs> anything. It could be anything. It could be that mantis coming for me. <laughs> Mickey C. Depio. Jared Mason. Kevin Boucher. Taylor Dierks. Derek Dalton. Jonas Blatterman. Cyrus Silvertree. Matt Sadler. Sadler. Nick Hinkle. Benson P. Brian Frenen. Fred Atkins. Nathan Dozal. Clayton C. Mike Lanteri. Kyla Tharp. Buddy Morrill. Chris Birch. And Joe. Thank you guys so very much. Thank you for the support. We love y'all. Thank you.